Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode 5 of Makers of Minnesota, the podcast where we feature entrepreneurial stories of people from the state of Minnesota. And this week, I am really excited. I have been someone watching from the sidelines uh, this person's lipstick company for some time. She probably doesn't even know. Um, I am here with Becky Sturm. She is from Storm Sisters Spotique. You may have also run across her. She has a product that she markets under Three-Way Beauty that's a bar that you can shave with and wash with and shampoo your hair with, which sounds awesome for traveling. She's also the co-creator or inventor of the Hams event that happens at the Hams facility, which is a maker's market as well as Lower Town Pop. Hi, Becky. How you doing? Hi. Thanks for having me. You are... Okay, so first of all, I've been following your lipstick company for some time, and you probably don't even know this. <laughs> I was at an event probably three years ago yeah. and ran across your lipstick. Someone was um, selling tubes of lipstick, and I'm not a very good makeup girl. I like makeup, but I'm not very good at it. So someone called me over to a booth, and I think it was maybe at a maker's event. I can't remember where it was, and they were like, here... Try this lipstick. Here, this is a great color for you. And I'm looking at the color of the lipstick and what they're recommending. And I'm thinking, well, that doesn't seem like anything I've worn before. And she's like, oh, it's a great color on you. I buy the lipstick. It has become, it's actually in my lipstick bag in my car. It has become one of my favorite lipsticks. And I thought, how is it that there's this local woman that's making lipstick? Who has the idea like, hey, I'm going to get into the lipstick business. What a crowded field. And here you are. So I'm dying to talk to you. You have 21 <laughs> shades of lipstick. Yeah. I'm sure you, like, how did you decide you were going to get into the lipstick field of all things? Well, the shortly after the recession, my favorite um, skincare makeup line that I had been using for 15 years was a French makeup line called Fleurs. And they pulled out of the U.S. market shortly after the recession. So I bought up every tube of my favorite <laughs> lipstick, and it was literally like 50 tubes. Yep. And after about three years, I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Because I just, you know, we all, all of us women have run into the problem of our favorite lipstick being discontinued. Yeah. Or most women have. There, I hear st- tons of stories about it. And I was just panicking, and I'm like... <laughs> What am I going to do? Well, there is a local manufacturer here in the Twin Cities who manufactures their own line, Elixiry. You probably have heard of them. Okay. And I just went to Carolyn and I said, hey, I want to have my own lipstick line. (laughs) And I have this idea. I wanted to name the lipsticks after really cool women that I knew and give them names like Susan and and Maria and Mary. Yep. And, um, of course, make one for myself. Sure. And so... We got to working and I gave her my favorite, one of my leftover, my my last tubes. And I says, can you copy this? Oh, gosh. And so there we were. So, okay. You, were you in the beauty industry when you decided to undertake this? Because I can't, I can imagine like us be like, oh, I'd love to have a lipstick company. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're competing with the Estee Lauder, yeah. the Bobby Brown. Yeah. No, you I did it. Yeah. I had been in the beauty industry for over 25 years. 
So doing hair, skin, nails. And so I had a ton of experience in the, you know, in the industry. And after 25 years, I left it just to focus on the retail aspect mm-hmm. of the beauty industry. So I had a boutique, Storm Sisters Boutique. I had a storefront for four years. And then, you know, I was tired of, you know, slugging it through the recession. And I had an idea for my shampoo shower shave bar. That was my first product that I developed. And I just could not get money for to keep my storefront opened and get into product development. So I thought, this is the next chapter. Here we go. Wow. So this was kind of, I can't remember, was like Kickstarter around at that time? Yeah, they were, but it was just, you know, it was pretty new. And I didn't like the whole idea of, you know, you're either fully funded or you're not. Yeah. And then they take a huge cut, too. I don't think people, a lot of people realize that the public, yep. that they take a big cut. So I couldn't find a bank to lend to me. And was, after the recession, yeah. money was very yes. hard to come by I was for small lis- business. Yep. I was listening to your um, previous podcast, number three, with Tracy Dyer and how you guys were talking about money. And I had been, in my entire life, I had never had a problem getting a loan. Right. And after the recession, I couldn't find money to save my soul. Yeah, it was crazy yeah. how much the money dried up for entrepreneurs. And I dare say that there's still way less funding than there was prior to the recession. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. People think that there's so much money because I don't know if, the, if there's a lot of commercials or marketing saying that they're giving away, that they're giving money, but they're not giving money. Yeah. And there's been a lot of, there was a lot of criticism. Like, so we as a populace bailed out the banks, right? Yep. And then we helped them get back on their feet. But yep. small businesses are like, Hey, I'd like some money now. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. And they still have not loosened up for small business spending for the most part. They're not. The majority of entrepreneurs I know in this town who um, maybe some of them have gotten some angel investors. Mm-hmm. I personally had two women who invested in me, mm-hmm. private citizens who invested money and gave me money. Um, That's great. Th- yeah. And anyway, but everybody I know, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Yeah. I don't know any, anybody who's getting money from banks. And yeah. I've been doing this for five years. And just bootstrapping was yep. the way that we did our business. So yep. you you have a retail location. Okay, so let me back up. You yep. have a salon. Yep. And you do that out of your grandma's home, well, apparently. for a while. That When I first got into it, yeah, for a few That's years. That's so sweet. Yeah, my grandmother was a hairdresser. So was my mom. And my sister is as well. So my sister and I, we had a salon in our, in our grandmother's home. Then we went and... Um, Opened up a spa up on Cathedral Hill. Okay. And then I was there for 10 years, and that's when I just decided I was really interested in the retail aspect. I was getting burned out. 25 years behind the chair is a lot. Do you mind? <laughs> I was going to ask you, I just, I look at the salon business as being very hard on on people. It is. Like the standing all day. I mean, that's yeah. got to be just physically hard on your body. It is. It's, it's, but it's, it's, I love it though, because I love customer service. Yeah. And there's therapy that's yeah, involved. Exactly. I, yeah. People tell Dime their, therapist. yeah, people tell their salon person so much stuff. I can't yeah. believe it. The secrets I have been told I could write the most interesting book. I'll tell you. It's a, it's probably yeah. a good book, yeah. but that would be adding to your list of yeah, accomplishments. No, yeah. And I'd have to change the names to protect the innocent. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> and the non-innocent. <laughs> okay. So you, then you decide, hey, I've got to do something different. Yeah. So the retail store, was it primarily beauty products? Yep. It was all beauty. It was all my favorite beauty products that I had used, my favorite brands, um, some few local things. 
and, you know, slugged it out for four years during the recession. In 2010, I just decided when I couldn't get money to get a product going, I just thought, I've got to close this. And that was one of the most hard decisions of my life. What made you make it? Was it money? Was it time and investment or feeling like you weren't going to be able to get to the next level? Yeah, I just felt like I couldn't. I had this idea for my shampoo shower shave bar and I needed money to do that. And I couldn't keep the store open and, you know, get money for that and do both. And I just thought, okay, I've done this for four years. I've you know, been in the salon and spa industry for a quarter of a century, I'm going to go develop products because I had some other ideas and yeah. So when you closed the store, were you, did you feel like you failed? Oh, yes. Even though I started Storm Sister online first. So Storm Sister Spa Teak was online for a whole year before I opened up a beauty boutique. Okay. And even though it was, and I kept it online as well as having the storefront. And even though I closed the storefront, I did. I felt like it was a, like I failed. And I don't know why, because I did well. Yep. It was just, I don't know. It just, I felt like, why can't I get, why can't I make do both of these things? And I think, honestly, looking back on it, I really think I was battered and bruised for a year and a half of people telling me no. Because yeah. for about a year and a half before I closed the store, I was going to banks saying, hey, I have this idea, but I need this money. And banks that had lent. I mean, I when I opened up my store, I literally walked into a bank, told them what I wanted and left with a check. Right. And a year and a half before I closed my store, I I literally talked to every banker in the Twin Cities and they all said no. And the irony of that is, is at that point you had a business model. Yeah. Like you had a cash flow, yep. you had a PNL. Yep. So... The risk factor mm-hmm. on that, I mean, yeah. let's let's face it, you had revenue. They probably were going to ask you to sign your house or your oh, building or yeah. whatever else. So from an asset recovery standpoint, they were going to get their assets covered. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just, do you think it would have been different, not to man bash, but do you think it would have been different if it was a business, if you were a man, number one, or if it was a business aimed at men? I do think that there... I had only, out of all of the bankers that I spoke with, only one was female. And she, of course, she did tell me no. But then who rescued me? Two women. Two businesswomen are the two that rescued me. And were they clients that had bought your products? And Um, I, um, one was, and the other one was just somebody that had moved here that was a cousin of the same, of the other investor. Okay. And I just was telling her my story one night and she said, I literally that night, she said, I want to invest in you. Call me. Okay. And I was just like, I just met you. And so how much does, I mean, how much does somebody like that invest in a person they just met? Are we talking $50,000 or less? It, yes. Okay. Yep. So, um, and in, in exchange for that, what did they get from you? Did they get a percentage of the company? Yep. A percentage of the profits? Okay. Yep. They each get, ten, they own 10% of my company. Okay. Yep. And then, in your relationship with these now business partners, because yep. that had to be different, too, that you had always done it by yourself. Yeah. Now you have two other people. Yep. Were they kind of silent investors or were they pretty active in helping you as you started to work on now inventing products? Yeah, they're silent investors. Okay. They're just they wanted to help me and they believed they knew they'd get paid back. And which I already I started paying them back after two years. Wow. And so um, they just wanted you know, they both love beauty products. I named two lipsticks after them, so they each have their sure. own lipstick. 
and I just, you know, I, it was, I was elated to be working with them. I mean, they were so kind and I owe everything to them. I mean, they saved my butt. So you closed the store and now you're working on inventing products and you have this online boutique. Yep. I can't even imagine how competitive the online shopping space is. It is. How do you attract customers to an online store as a local merchant? You know, I carry brands that most people don't know about, to be honest, and they're niche skincare and beauty brands. And the people who buy, use the product are extremely loyal to it. And I've been in the space since about 2000, 2001. We actually, when I worked at the salon, when I had the salon with my sister, we put our retail products online really early in the um, e-commerce That game. was smart, yeah. yeah. And so I just built up a clientele that way. And I mean, I've been using these products for 25 years. And, and I, is the website Storm Sister Spatique? Yep. Okay. Yep. So StormSisterSpatique.com. Yep. Are there particular niche brands that you're proud of that you carry that someone out there who's listening maybe would be looking for? Are they well-known or is it more... They're more niche brands. They're um, French skincare brands, Fido Sion, Fidemer. Fidemer's kind of a little popular here in the Twin Cities. Yeah, my daughter used that for acne, I yep. think. But they have um, offshoots, you know, other um, other brands. Fleurs, V Collection is their high-end anti-aging line. Okay. So Fleurs, Fido Sion, Fidemer. This is kind of a weird question, but as someone, I'm 47 and aging. Do these anti-aging mechanisms work? They do. Okay. Because I think so many people are just like, oh, I could just, I buy the drugstore cream. And what is it that we need to be buying as aging women in your perspective? I just lumped you in with me. Did you see how I did that? Sorry. (laughs) Well, I'm actually older than you. So (laughs) what are, because you have beautiful skin. Oh, thanks. Well, I've been, I had a client who scared the heck out of me when I was 18 years old. I was um, uh, an assistant and she had just had a facelift. And I was trying to shampoo her hair. And back in the mid-80s, facelifts was, were pretty barbaric. Oh, and they yeah, were, stapling you know, your yeah. forehead. Yeah, and they basically cut all around your hairline and then pulled it pulled it and sewed it back. Yep. And I was trying to shampoo this woman's hair. And she, after I was all done, she I put her up and I went to, you know, get her hairdresser. And she grabbed me by the arm and she said, she says, I want to tell you something. She was 55. I'll never forget this. She says, I want to tell you something. If you listen to one thing an old woman tells you, and she's 55, I'm 50. So I'm like, I do not feel old. But she said, old woman, she said, stay out of the sun. And that's all I needed to hear because that, I mean, I still go in the sun. I'm just a sunscreen person, and but I don't overdo it. You're sitting, as we're sitting here, I will divulge. I had a procedure earlier in the week where they burned off a little scaly thing on my face that was pre-skin cancer. So we were talking about sunscreen before we came on the air. It's funny how we came back to that subject. Yeah. So I, you know, I just have been somebody who I I literally started on anti-aging creams at about the age of 21. I was getting monthly facials after that. Yeah. And about the age of 21, I started where all my friends were spending money on clothes. I was spending money on skincare. Even now, if I were to tell you how much money I spend on skincare, you would just freak out. But I'm looking at your face and you're, I mean, you really don't have, you have a little crow's feet, but that's it. Yeah, I know. Thanks. I mean, I know. It's beautiful. I've I've just done, I've 
kind of fanatical about it. So do you feel but like yeah. it's been worth it? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. You just look great. Yeah, yeah totally. All right. So um, you're an expert in skin care. Thanks to this hair woman. Care, yep. Hair care. Anyway, so I'm an excellent in our uh, expert in skin care from her. And so just invest in quality skin care. See, see your esthetician. Have a facial at, at a minimum four times a year. So people find your products online. Mm-hmm. Do you do um, search engine optimization or any kind of marketing in that regard? Yes, I do do some SEO. I take any SEO class that's available. I like to um, do a little of the um, HTML, you know, the coding myself. Yep. I kind of learned early on how it worked. So I like to, I just kind of like to futz around with that. Why did you feel like you needed to learn that? That's an area that a lot of small business people really struggle with is web development and knowing their websites and being able to update their own websites. Well, you have to. I think when retail, you have to update your site a lot. And two, if you don't update it, um, Google looks at it as being, not being very, being used or utilized. Yeah. So I just felt the need to do it. Well, first of all, I didn't have any money to do it. Yep. You know, so it's like, I'll figure this out. So I took a couple classes and I actually found it interesting mm-hmm. and I kind of got it. So I just started doing some stuff. I'm just, I, I know just enough to be dangerous. Yeah. I can uh, emulate what you're saying there just in terms of my own business. So then you get social media that comes along. Yep. Did that feel like a whole nother layer of ways to attract clients or did it feel like, oh my gosh, social media how have you taken to that medium as it is to promote your online business? I love social media. You know, I got what do you on love to, about it. I just love the information that's exchanged. Oh my gosh, you can find anything that you're looking for. I mean, I'm always um constantly searching out skincare brands and what people are using and I got onto Twitter really early because when um Twitter started in I don't even know 2009, what. 2009, I think. Okay, 2009. So it was right before the RNC when it was here in the mm-hmm. Twin Cities. And when I had my storefront, the building next to me housed a whole bunch of anarch- the anarchists that mm-hmm. were here. And they were communicating via Twitter. And I was outside trying to keep them out of my storefront. Right. And I saw what they were doing and I was overhearing some stuff. And I immediately started looking at Twitter and I got on really early. So, um, yeah, I love social media. I love Twitter. I'm just getting into Instagram and now there's Snapchat and I don't even know how to do oh, it. Oh, I know. Snapchat <laughs> is a hard one for me too. I need to get my mind around it. But, um, Instagram too, I would think from a retail perspective would be a unique way to showcase your products. Yep. It's What's a- your number one seller? Ooh, my number one seller, I would probably say right now it's my lipstick collection. And why do you think? Well, because lipstick is such a great accessory. Yeah, and it's a pretty inexpensive way to upgrade your look, right? Yeah, yeah it really is. And there's a, um, you know, there's a change in the makeup industry right now is kind of the nude face. Let's talk about that. What yeah. You, the, the face that's nude that looks like you don't have makeup on, but yeah. you do that one. Well, sometimes, <laughs> a lot of times they don't, they don't have a lot of makeup on, or maybe they just have concealer and a little mascara, mm-hmm. but lipstick is a great way even if they're not wearing anything, lipstick is a great way to put a spring in your step and not have to put anything else on if you don't want to. Are there other makeup brands that you don't carry on your website or like mascaras that you would recommend based on your years of experience? Um, mascaras that I recommend? 
Like, do you have any go-to products for yourself that you yeah. really like? Yeah, I do. I, I, I have one called Babe Lash. I love that, but I actually carry it on my site too. You do. Okay. But I did a lot of research. Like I'm, in fact, I'm researching one now and I can't even remember the name of it, but I, I hate it so much. I, I'm glad I don't know it because I'd be bad. <laughs> so when you research a product, what actually do you do? I use it. Okay. I, I use it for a whole tube or a whole jar or whatever. I'll use the whole thing exactly the way it's supposed to be used. And I was told this was um, an easy mascara to remove and it isn't. And I wake up every morning, even though I've washed my face in the mo- in the evening, I wake up with like raccoon eyes. Yeah. Like, what is this? How can I can't get it off? Yeah. So you use the product, then do you have like a group of like friends that yep. like, do you have an advisory board or yep. tell me about that? I have other people who, um, my investors, I'll, I'll send them samples of something and say, Hey, try this and let me know. Cause they're both beauty, um, girls too. I mean, yep. they love product and, uh, some other friends I'll have try some things. Let me know what you think of it. And if, you know, see what everybody says, but when it all comes down to it, if I like it, it'll probably go on. Do you like um, follow other people, other beauty mavens in town or nationally, or do you read like the beauty magazines? How do you get your information about what's on the cutting edge? Because I think you're in an industry that is changing so fast. Elizabeth Dean is awesome. She is awesome. She has her beauty bets. Yep. She's great. I love her blog. Um, There's a national blogger, Sophie Uliano, Mm -hmm. and she does... Natural beauty. I'm more into the natural aspect. I have issues with ingredients that are in a lot of, you know, makeup brands and that kind of thing. So I'm more interested in the natural aspect of beauty. There has been a lot of, I don't even know why contouring comes to mind with, I guess the Kardashians were the first people that I felt like I was aware that they were changing their face so much with the shapes, with the contouring of the makeup. Do you know how to do that? Or do you see that so many young women now, it seems like are going out and about in this like nighttime makeup during the day. Are Mm -hmm. you seeing that as a trend or... You know, I think there's an aspect to that, but really I think the most powerful trend is the nude face. I okay. think women have just bought such a bill of goods with, you know, such a bill of goods with the beauty industry and having this and having that and trying to be beautiful and everything that anything that they can possibly put on their face because we've been told there's something wrong with every inch of us. Yep. And that's why I really think that this no makeup or this light super light natural look is so much more and catching on. Is there an age group that you see that catching on with or equally older women as well as young? I think, I think both actually. And sometimes I think like older women that we think more is more is better. Yes. And sometimes you like less is better actually, because if you're very wrinkly and creasy, the makeup can kind of cake in there. Especially, you know, our age group, eyeliners. Ladies, no more black eyeliner. Oh, I have black eyeliner on right now, and you're probably so right. (laughs) No, no, yours is done very, very nicely, actually. But, you know, remember when we used to just, like, we used to light it with a a lighter? Yes. And then it'd be just like this thick black line all the way around. It's the, The top is great. The bottom, no black eyeliner on the bottom. Well, and I heard that you're not even supposed to put uh, mascara. mascara on oh, the bottom thank lashes. You. Thank you. I've been preaching that for so long. I'm so glad that people are catching on to that. Even if they're white, I yes. have white eyelashes Mine on the bottom. Mine are 
Mine are see-through. So it just makes it look dirty and kind of... It actually looks really young to not have anything on your bottom lash. Okay. I've heard that. It really takes age off because where have we aged? We age right around Around the bottom of our eye. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have black eyelashes, that's like a black line, you know, like an arrow. Look at me, look at me. And But we grew up with black eyeliner all over our eyes. Yep. Remember the blue? Oh, yeah. Blue. Yeah. Blue is fun Royal blue. I, I, I guess I should have said... Um, use eyeliner, just not on the bottom. Okay. I'm all about dressing the top. If you want to wear a lot of makeup on your top lid, awesome. I like that. Yeah. How about eyebrows? Do you have any opinion about that? The brows were all the yeah. rage the last couple of years. We had gone from sort of over tweezing yeah. in the fifties to a more fuller brow, then to a more tweeze brow, back to a fuller brow. Yeah. I've always been a fan of the full brow. It I is a lot it. more natural yeah. looking and easier it's to darker. maintain. I like the darker brow. Mm-hmm. I have to, do you color in your eyebrows? Yes. So do I. God. And if I don't, Lori Bargini on the Lori and Julia show at my talk, <laughs> if she sees me and I don't have like shadow or something on yeah. my brow, yeah. she'll like start looking for her purse. It yeah. drives her crazy. She's like, the eyebrow frames your face. Yeah. Have your colorist, whenever you go in for hair color, have them color your eyebrows. That's I'm what so I do. I'm so cheap. I'm well, so cheap because it only feels like it lasts like three weeks. Like okay. it just it doesn't does, well, feel it does. like it lasts hardly yeah. at all. Brows, brows, um, shed more than other hair. Well, there um, you use go. a brown mascara. That's okay. what I use too to groom in between. Yeah. Plus it shapes them. All right. Oh yeah. yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. I'm, I've in my life, I was, my mom was a beautician and sure. how I didn't get any of these skills. I don't know. I feel like, God, mom, you could have t- shown me some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, what do you recommend for the younger women or women with younger daughters as it pertains to makeup? Like, how do you teach someone how to do makeup or do you think they should go sit in the department store chair and get a lesson? Have you ever thought about like what how do we teach our girls how to be responsible about their makeup moving forward? You know, that is a really hard one. And I don't know that I'm necessarily qualified with that because I only had sons. So, you know. I, I'm just, I get disturbed sometimes with some little girls with so much makeup. Yeah. It's just like, oh, because, well, first of all, it's probably not very healthy for them. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of chemicals in makeup. I learned this. I was, I'm a cancer survivor and I learned that after the fact. Yeah. There's a lot of chemicals in makeup. And when we're putting them on young girls, that just brings their toxic load way up. And I just don't think it's healthy. It's kind of surprising too. We've done so much or learned so much about chemicals and food and the things we ingest, but the skin is a living organism, right? Mm -hmm. So you're putting chemicals on it that can't be good. Yeah. And on our lips too. Like if you think about lipstick, which I'm sure you've thought about a lot, your lipstick tastes really good, by the way. Oh, thanks. Like sometimes I don't, you don't, some lipsticks have just like a weird taste. Mm-hmm. Um, when I wear the lipstick that I bought from you, it's just easy and it doesn't feel like it's like I'm eating it. Yeah, well, we use the first ingredient we use in it is castor seed oil, where most lipsticks, I would say probably 85, 95%, the first ingredient is petrolatum. And that's basically a waxy Vaseline. Yeah, petroleum. Yeah, and it's a petroleum derivative, exactly. Sure. And so... Yeah, I we don't use that in ours. So that's why it probably tastes better. So if I buy something on your another issue I have about cosmetics, not an issue, but like what if I buy something and I use it and I don't like it? Like can you return something you buy online if it's makeup? Yeah, I I want people to be happy, so yeah. Um I, 
And do you do like, if I, do you have samples or do you have like, I, I've always thought that makeup companies like sell me a sample packet of things and I'll pay for it. I don't mm-hmm. care. Maybe you could like refund the money towards my first purchase or half or something, whatever that is. But people, don't you feel like they need to try things? Do you go out and do you do like demos in stores or at locations where there's lots of women? Yeah, I do a lot of pop-up shops. Oh, neat. So tell me about that. Okay, well, you had had um, Tracy Dyer on here from Maine, Minnesota. And I actually do her pop-up. I've done it for now for about five years, as well as other ones. That's made in Minnesota, which is in November. Yep. And then I also founded um, my own pop-ups, like, Collaborated with Sari Gurness of Urban Undercover. You mentioned her yes. undergarments the last time, too. I'm going to have her on, I think. Oh, good. Yeah, I think she'd be a great guest. Anyway, we founded the Hams event together four years ago. We just had our fourth year of it, um, June. And then out of that came Lower Town Pop, which is another maker market that I um, I'm collaborating with Union Depot in Lower Town, St. Paul. And so you decided to do these pop-ups so that you could get in front of these clients and allow them to try things. and Exactly. Fun. And, yeah, and there's wholesalers that come. There's press that comes. So it's a great way for makers to be seen and have the public buy their goods. Yeah, I you love know, this idea. Yeah, there's been a lot of um, press since the recession about shopping local. It's a whole movement. Mm-hmm. And... People really are interested in where and knowing where their products are made. It's interesting too. Um, there's a local group called Metro IBA that I was involved with, and when you really think about buying something local, how much of your money stays in the marketplace? How much of your money goes back into the tax system, the school system? Mm-hmm. It it really can make a difference. And obviously, you can't buy everything local. And sometimes, you know, the amount of transit that a good mm-hmm. has to travel. It doesn't yep. make sense to buy local. But if you're conscious of it, I think, and also just supporting the businesses of your neighbors, it does make a difference. It does. If you had any advice for a small business person who may be struggling or someone who's got a retail store and maybe thinking about shuttering it, what would that be? Ooh, advice. Talk to other, you know, find your your group. I mean, find your core group and talk with them and, you know, make the decision while speaking with your peers. I think that's really important to get feedback because sometimes you just need a boost. You just need to open up and talk to somebody and have, you know, have somebody give you that little shot in the arm. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that. When I had a business, my husband was very candid with other vendors, competitors, He really shared a lot of information Mm -hmm. in the hope of getting a lot of information. And my first response to that was like, oh, why are you telling them, you know, all our trade secrets? And I remember he said to me, he said, you know, no one's inventing anything new here, really. Right. So he said, if you share and you get feedback from people, it allows you to grow versus being so closed. And then nobody helps you and you don't help anybody else. And it's just stifling. I couldn't agree more. That was something that I really noticed when I was getting into the maker movement, when I was starting to develop products. 
everybody was really, and it was mostly women at the time. Yeah, that were, and men are that were less makers. likely to share for sure. Yeah. And, but now that's changing. I'm starting to see men that are letting their guard down because when one of us makes it, we all make it. Yeah. I think there is some truth to that. There really is. And it's like help one another because it all comes back. It all comes back. Yeah. And then you've been around to see the karma, yeah. you know, sometimes yeah. you meet people that just aren't very kind and they're not around for very long because people not. don't help or support. The ones who aren't kind and the ones who complain, yeah. those, they don't make it. Are there local makers that you would call out on this show that you think people should investigate that you think do a great job? You call out Tracy oh, and Undercover. Yeah, Tracy, yep. Urban Undercover. Siri Gurness is awesome. Oh, there's so many. What does she make? Um, she Siri Gurness has the Urban Undercover, the panties. Oh, that's her. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, oh, I'm totally drawing a blank that's right okay. now. I put you on the yeah. spot. <laughs> Are there, um, in terms of your advisory committee, how yep. did you pick the people that were going to be on your advisory committee? What skill sets did they have that you thought would help you? Um, one has an attorney background, mm-hmm. you know, the Very other. Very important to have an attorney on your yep. team, huh? Yep. Another has um, HR experience. Okay. So that's good. Um, an accountant. Yeah. That's good. Graphic designer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those are all really important. They are. Uh, we are talking to Becky Stern. Becky, I'm going to go through your whole litany here. So if people want to reach you on social media, you're at Storm Sisters Spatique. That's also your website. You also have at Ham's event and at Lower Town Pop for your two pop-up events. And then at Three Way Beauty is where people can find information about your, uh, shampoo, shower, and shave bar, yep. which, what a great item. Thanks. Yeah, that you can use it for all three. People overwash their hair, and that's yeah. a whole other story. But I loved the story of that um, beauty bar at Three Way Beauty. Thank you for being on the show today. It's been really fun to talk to you and learn more about what you're doing. Um, 21 line of lipsticks, a, a, a bar, these pop-up events, an online store before Really, a lot of other people in town had online stores. It's a really compelling story, and I appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. It was great.